today's topic is going to be resumes. So resumes are kind of tricky, and I find that there's a lot of debate about resumes, which is pretty interesting. If you are getting into a career field, I would talk to people in that career about what they're looking for in a resume. So whether it be like if you're fresh out of college, ask your professors or somebody who's had experience in the in the area. Um, I've never tried it, but it might work if you call up a couple HR people in different companies in the field that you're looking for and be like, hey, I want to apply for jobs. I'm looking for feedback on my resume, that kind of thing. Would you be willing to look it over? I don't know if they would or not, but you might be able to find somebody. You never know. You never hurts to ask. Um, but resumes are important. Even if you're in high school, still start thinking about a resume. You never know when you might need a resume. Um, I once read somewhere that, you know, like a resume is kind of like a flyer about yourself. It's how you're advertising yourself. So if you're trying to get a job, it's never too bad to have your flyer or your resume already made and created and do it well. Um, I think the number one thing that is not debated about resumes is putting your contact information and your name front and center and easy to read. So it needs to be at the top of the page. It needs to be bigger than 12 point font, I would say. I would say no smaller than 12 point for sure. I usually like to go size 14 for my name, size 12 for my contact information. And then depending on what the resume is for, I usually stick to size 12 font for the rest of the information. No smaller than size 10 font though, for sure. Um, but make sure that you have your name easy to read, that it stands out. You want people to remember your name associated with what they see on that resume. Contact information, if they like what they see, they need to know how to get a hold of you. If they have to hunt for it, they have to search for it, they're not going to like it, they're not going to take their time. Unless you are a super all-star, amazing, everybody knows your name type of person, and then in that case, they probably don't need to know how to contact you. They've already followed all your Facebook accounts and all that good stuff or whatever. But um, make sure your name and contact information is front and center. Also with that, make sure it's easy to read. Any font that you choose must be easy to read. If it is difficult to read, they're not going to waste their time. Okay. Um, there's an old part. I say old. I don't know when it started. I don't know why it started. But there's a spot on your resume called an objective. Oh, sorry. Yawning. So the objective is an old school statement of like what you're trying to do with this resume. So for example, as a teacher, my objective statement would be something like to obtain a teaching position in a high school or to, to obtain a high school physics teaching position to, and then something frilly about wanting to help better the future of the students or inspire young Einsteins or something of the sort. Um, in reality, whenever you apply for a job, the assumption is that you are applying because you want that job. So your objective would be to get that job. So writing an objective statement is kind of useless at this point. Um, somewhere I did see part of the argument for still including an objective statement is if you are doing a career change. So if you are doing a huge shift, maybe you should put an objective statement of like, why are you wanting to change the career Putting that at the top of your um, resume would be helpful. That is something that you would also include 
in a cover letter. <laughs> okay, so you have your name, contact information. Your entire thing is an easy read font. Not too small either. Um, I think another undebatable, undebatable, undisputed, we'll go with that one, undisputed thing about resumes is that they should be one page. Um, one page can be difficult if you've had a lot of experience, but chances are, if you're listening to my podcast, you're not a super duper pro in the world. So you're not going to have a ton of experience to include on your one page. I once went to, um, an assistant principal. I was a I was applying for jobs. Everybody knew it. I was on a temporary contract, so I needed a job somewhere. And I was like, I just don't know how to get it to fit on one page. And so he offered to look over my resume and give me feedback. And I said, okay, I'm just going to type everything out that could possibly be on my resume. And will you tell me what I don't need? And he was like, well, you need relevant experience. You need education. You need your certifications and maybe some skills. And I was like, right. Four pages later, here you go. And he was like, oh, yeah, all of this kind of makes sense depending on what you're applying for. And I was like, right. So I did find a way to narrow it down and stuff like that. But one page, some application places that I have applied for actually will not even allow you to upload a second page of a resume. It's interesting. Um, so make sure you narrow down the most important things for each job. So that's where you can specialize your resume kind of for a job position. I'm not saying like each job application, you need a whole new resume, but if you're going like for me as a teacher, just a general science teacher position versus a physics teacher position, I would include different things. I would probably include, um, if I wanted to do a CTE, a career and technical education position, I would include other things from my background that I wouldn't necessarily put on a general science teacher application or resume. So you gotta, gotta, you kind of have to think that way. There's also ways around like including everything. So you want to put work experience on your resume. And if you're just starting out, if you're just in high school, you maybe have some summer gigs or maybe some volunteer work, even if it's just volunteering to help the neighbor cut the grass kind of thing. You can put that on there as work experience. As you get up in the world and age and everything else and you get more experience, you may not need to put all of those work experiences on there. So then instead of titling it work experience, you could do relevant experience. So these are jobs or volunteer things or stuff that I have done that relates back to the position that I am applying for. Then at the bottom of that section, I would put on there of, you know, like other work experience available upon request. Now, I had an entire class on this whenever I did my associate's degree that was one of the required courses for graduation was a course writing resumes, cover letters, um, building a portfolio, things of that nature. And it was useful, but also not useful at the same time. We all came out of that class with the exact same resume minus the information on it. But like we all had to use the same format. We had to use the same template and everything else. And there's some debate about what your resume should look like in particular. And that's true. It also goes along with what you're applying for. If you're applying for an artistic position, you should probably have some, some way of showing your artistic style on your resume. If that makes sense. Like I would not hire a graphic design artist 
with a resume who was just black, white, Times New Roman, that kind of thing. I would want something a little bit more creative. That's me personally. I'm not in the field. I'm not hiring a graphic artist right now, but just saying. As a teacher, I did the straightforward Google resume format kind of format since I did my class in my associate's degrees days. And that's what I was taught. And that's what I always did. And then I started looking for jobs teaching at the high school. And I decided I went many years with that boring, plain template. And I wanted to show that I could use computers. I wanted to show that I had skills, that I was creative, that I was thinking outside the box, that I could be a critical thinker and try to find a way to set myself apart. I don't know if it helped me or not, but I did create a fancy timeline style resume that looks really fancy. I like it. I don't know. It's a personal thing. But um, if you are going to make it look fancy, here are my words of caution to you. If you make your resume look fancy and or you use color on your resume, you need to make sure that it can be printed in black and white and is still easily readable. I say that because sometimes, especially as a science teacher, you print something that looks beautiful in color and when it prints black and white on the copier, you can't read it. You can't see what it says and then it's useless. If somebody wants to print out a bunch of resumes, they're probably not going to waste color ink on it because they're expecting them to be mostly black and white. So if your resume gets printed in black and white and they can't read it, they're just going to toss it. They're not going to really worry about it. So make sure that you print it in black and white. Make sure you print it in grayscale and print it in color and see which one works best or looks the best. Um, make sure they can read it though, because I will tell you that especially if you're going up against a lot of people, they're not going to take the time to figure out what your resume says. Okay. Um, on your resume, this is also debatable. Maybe if you're starting out, maybe if you're just in high school, um, you don't have a lot of work experience. You don't have a lot of things to put on your resume. You could also include um, references on your resume, but it was always recommended to put at the bottom of your resume um, references available upon request and then have a separate reference sheet with three to five references that know you in the field that you are kind of applying for or could speak to your skills and abilities that could relate to that field that you're applying for. Now, when you do references, make sure you talk to the references before you give them as a reference. So if you are trying to apply for a job, as much as it sucks, you probably should let your boss know that, hey, I'm applying for other positions at this point. Maybe it's just to look and see what else is out there. Maybe it's because you're not happy. Maybe it's because you're moving or something of that sort. But you should probably be upfront and tell your boss about it because they're going to ask for your boss's information no matter what, even if it's just on the application. So they're going to, if they're smart, reach out to your current employer. That means if you don't have a great relationship with your current employer, you should probably reflect on why and work on that. Um, but go to your references, be like, hey, I'm applying for jobs. I would like you to, or I would like to use you as a reference. If you are willing, could you please get me, um, if you don't already know their job title and company that they work for, which you should if you're using them as a reference, but a contact number and email that you would prefer that I give out, if that makes sense. 
So you're going to ask the person, is it okay for me to give out your information to have people contact you about me? Okay, that is a very nice courtesy. If you were hanging out one day, getting a bunch of work done, and your phone rang, you answered it, and suddenly you find out that one of your friends or one of your teammates or coworkers or whatever they are had applied for a job and might get offered the job, and now they're calling to check on you, like that would be a little offensive and heartbreaking at the same time. That like I wasn't told you couldn't confide in me that you were thinking about leaving, but yet I'm getting called about you. Like, if that makes sense, it makes me question how well I really know you, I guess, as a person for a reference. So always make sure that you are checking with your references that you are going to provide and ensure that they are okay with you providing that information and ask them which kind of information. I know some people, some of my friends are like, oh yeah, call me at work. Or some other ones are like, oh, you can never get through or my secretary will put them on hold or whatever. Make sure you use my personal cell phone number, that kind of thing. Okay, so make sure you check with your references before you provide your reference information. Then what else? So you have resumes, references. That's about it. I already did the job application. Um, my best reference letter, or reference, not reference letter, but reference story about references, people that were referring you, I applied for a position. So I was at a temporary position the same year that I was doing my resume. And I applied for a full-time long-term position and I was up to interview for it. And I was waiting in the office and the person in front of me in line went and interviewed. And when they walked in, they were like, Oh, by the way, in case you guys need more copies, here's a copy of my resume. Here's a copy of my references. And then the door closed and I looked at the secretary and I was like, I did not bring a copy of my references. And she was like, it's okay. We have them on file. Like they don't need them. They already have copies and stuff. And I was like, I have an idea. Quick, make me a copy of that over there. And she's like, seriously? And I'm like, yeah, just do it. So it was my turn then to interview. And I walked in, you know, said hello, greeted everybody. And I was like, you know, I apologize. I did not bring a copy of my references or my resume. I assumed that you had them, but the last interviewer I know provided you guys an extra copy. And so I just wanted to provide you an extra copy of my resume or not my resume, but my references. And I slid them a copy of the school phone list. So everybody that worked in the building, their room numbers, their email addresses, and they just looked at me and laughed because it was it was that kind of an atmosphere, and I knew that I could joke with them because I already knew them. I would not recommend doing it at just any point in time. But it also got my point across of, I work here. I know these people. They know me. If you want to ask somebody, ask anybody in this building about how I am as a teacher kind of thing. And so that was pretty fun. Kind of broke the ice, broke the nervousness a little bit about interviewing, and that helped a lot. But that is my advice for you. So that's my advice to you about resumes and references. You can find a ton of templates online. Just go Google it. You can Google what is on a resume. You can Google like resume for high school students. So if you're just starting out versus full length career, if you're in college, I would request or look up if you have a writing lab or writing center 
or even a career center and ask them about resume writing, resume, like looking over your resumes. And I'm sure now you could even probably ask ChatGPT to create you a resume. But make sure you never lie on your resume because that is immediate grounds for firing, I think, in every single job position I've ever heard of or seen. Never, ever lie on an application or a resume. That can get you into trouble. So that's my podcast for today. Like, share, subscribe. Follow me on the Insta at BuzzGoesB. Thank you for hanging out and listening to some advice with Miss B.